You're listening to The Sister Trill with Danai and Kiveli. Hello and welcome back to The Sister Trill. I'm Danai. And I'm Kiveli. And today we will be talking about our identity as half Greeks and half Germans and all the little quirks that come with this. But before we get into the episode, let's talk about what we disagreed on this week. All right, so I'll start. And I think that's one of the disagreements that we kind of have had for a very long time. In terms of that, you do accept it and you're fine when I do it, but you're generally like, I would say, skeptical of it, which is napping during the day. Ooh, ooh. Basically, yeah. whenever I'm like, okay, I feel a bit tired, my mind is not like on 100%, let me take a 20-minute power nap, and then usually when I get back from it, I feel like reborn, re-energized, and you're generally not a fan of like power naps or napping <laughs> during the day. I mean, I'm I'm not a fan... Well, It's not entirely true that I'm not a fan. First of all, sometimes I do nap, like before a concert. Okay, very rarely. Yeah, rarely, but sometimes I do. But generally, the thing is that I know that it is something inside of me that is weird, that is triggered by it. I acknowledge that. You know, I don't think that I'm actually right about this. And I do know that I'm somehow triggered by the fact if someone is like tired and falling asleep in a situation where... You're not supposed to be tired and be falling asleep. But I, I already explained this to you. If you are consciously telling me I'm going downstairs yeah. into my bed for a nap, that's completely valid okay. to me. But to me, what I find super weird is if you're somewhere and then you just like kind of fall asleep, like in an armchair, or like on the sofa. This is what if you I dare to show it a tiny bit of like, you know, <sighs> lack of control. Yeah, maybe it's that. that I, I Durkin will not approve. <laughs> maybe you're right. Maybe it is that. I, I don't know what it is. I know that it's not the other person's no, fault. I, it, I know I that it. it is my thing, but it just triggers me. It triggers me so much. It triggers me if someone just goes like, oh, I'm just going to doze off a little bit. And I'm like, can you please wake up? Can you please, can you please talk to me? I'm not dozing off. Why are you dozing off? <laughs> I understand you. I understand you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I honestly don't have a point of disagreement this week. I'm very happy with you. Kimberly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. If something spontaneously comes to my mind during the episode, I'll slip it in. Slip it in. All right. But for now, let's just get right into it. Okay. So a little bit of background for anyone that doesn't know this just yet. Kiveli and I have a Greek mother and a German father. We grew up in Germany, though, and um, spoke Greek at home, though, with our mother. So we very much had a very strong Greek cultural impact. Yeah, Greek presence, exactly. Um, To the point that I now, for example also speak Greek with my kids. Kiveli also speaks Greek with them. So the Greek is definitely very prevalent, although we grew up in Germany and exactly. went to German school. So this is kind of how our life uh, yeah. played out. And also um, our father, uh, when our parents got divorced, moved to the US. So although he's German, he also had a very uh, also different cultural impact on us through this whole, he moved to California Californian uh, influence, let's say. So um, I wanted to start this episode by asking you, if someone said, what do you feel like? Would would you say you feel more Greek or more German or maybe none of those? I think that probably if like gun to my head, I'd have to choose one. Not because I, I actually am more that, but I would say Greek. 
Yeah. And the reason I would mm-hmm. say Greek is, I think, because also um, from an optical perspective, I look more Greek than I do German. Um, so there is like that, the visual aspect, which adds like some some Greek Greekness to it. And also I think that maybe because it's the culture that I did not grow up in mm-hmm. and I've romanticized more probably. Yeah. Um, there, there is like, I, I think I identify a tiny bit more with my Greek side than my German side, mm-hmm. although I'm very conscious of the fact that I have very many perspectives and worldviews that are based on, I would say, German ideals, yeah. for sure. And I think that in Greece, you know, we are very much viewed um, and yeah. for, like, known for those German ideals, you know? But if, if, like, someone who, you know, is neither Greek nor German would ask me, I would probably go with Greek. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I would also say that and I cannot really explain why, Mm-hmm. Because I must say that I mean we went we went to German school mm-hmm. we we grew up in Germany everything was so German around us and I don't really know why but the truth is that I feel kind of proud yeah to be Greek yeah. and also I feel that when people used to ask me when I was much younger also yeah so where are you from I would always be like I'm Greek yeah I'm Greek because yeah. I felt like the German was clear anyway yeah 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 and yeah, I would yeah. really focus on this exactly Greek thing. yeah. I mean, the, I would say that, you know, the, the general attitude, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but the general attitude to, you know, being proud of being German, oh, is, yeah. I would say a very much, uh, it has a lot of ambivalence to it, yeah. you know? I would Actually, say that, it's also a point that I wanted to talk yeah, about that, later that, you on know, in the there, podcast. So, yeah. so I would say that, there is that aspect, you know, that we're not necessarily um, imbued, imbued, imbibed in, 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 I would say instilled with, mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, German patriotism as a German person. Yeah. Um, and even, uh, you know, other than that, I would say that Greece has tons of patriotism, especially connected to ancient Greece, yeah. which I would say is a culture that is, uh, you know, you can very easily be super proud and feel very cool exactly, you're connected yeah. to it. Also the language, you know, you're the person in school where everyone's like, Kiveli, you speak Greek. What does this word yeah. actually mean? You can actually explain it or the mythological stories, you know? So mm. I would say Greek culture is just a pretty you know, badass culture. It's a cool thing. It's to a be cool part culture, of. Yeah. you know. Yeah, and I think true. that that definitely added to you yeah. know us, like me being like I'm Greek. You know. I was yeah, very, I think also happy. we also very much grew up with that culture. For example, yeah. our grandma used to um, read to us the stories of the Greek mythology, or yeah. um, used to talk to us about Alexander the Great. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even these like also kind of bloody, you know, historical. Uh, struggles but battles war spartans. yeah spartans leonidas king leonidas uh, all of these things um were stories that we were told as young girls and stories yeah. that we were told with pride and that we yeah, found I remember amazing. every like back when we still used to do like long holidays in greece ages ago yeah. there was always one place we would drive to from athens where our mother's godmother lived and she had her summer house there and we'd always visit her and on the way from athens to that place we would always pass by some statues one statue would also be leonidas and every time we would pass by the <laughs> statue of leonidas every time our great uncle i think right and would tell us like in great detail the entire story and then the next statue would come by and you know that person's story and and I think it's also you know generally a a Greek thing I don't think it's just us I mean I've met every like half Greek person that I've met that did not grow up in Greece is extremely proud and conscious of their Greek identity yeah this heritage yeah absolutely yeah for sure 
Yeah, so um, I think anyone that has watched the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding is, uh, you know, knows these classic misunderstandings of, mm -hmm. or you know, not even misunderstandings, but these funny things of, you know, what is typically Greek. Yes. Actually, for us, I think, you know, we were speaking with our father who had this big fat Greek wedding because he was the non-Greek one and our mother was the Greek one. And he was watching the movie and he said, you know, I don't know what is so funny about it. It's <laughs> exactly, what, exactly happened. what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think it's like not entirely inaccurate. It is movie. definitely not inaccurate. I think in our personal case, it is a bit different because our Greek family is not this typically huge yeah, Greek yeah, yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. So that's a big difference. But Other than yeah. that, I mean, I remember the uh, like this one kind of quote. I won't be able to like you know piece it together completely. Where she's like, "Our mother served us every uh, I don't know like every lunch, uh, some Greek dish with a great like steaming side of guilt, you know." <laughs> and like it came up where she's like, um, "Your father and I came to this country, you know, with no no money in, in our pocket, and we did all of this." For you, yeah, and I mean that is so, so some it's such so a Greek, Greek yeah. thing. Like it's kind of like I'm doing this all for you, you know. Yeah. I sacrifice Absolutely. so you can live this life, you know. <laughs> it's such a Greek thing to say. And also, I think also one of the main points of the movie: this every word comes from the Greek oh, language. Yes. This is something that no joke we have been told constantly yeah, yeah, yeah. from Absolutely. our Greek relatives. I mean, be it our mother, our grandmother, our great grand, uh, great yes. uncle. Everybody and I mean it's true. No, it's but true. I remember like for I feel this I and I say this now to other people. As yeah, well. and I remember actually many times when we would go to school. And again, it's like more you know the older Greek generation. Like again, it would have been like our great uncle or our grandma or something like that, that would say that. Like we would go to school and it would be this game. Okay, come up with ten words of objects that you see, like you know, driving by that have a Greek root. Right. You know, yeah. and and then it's like we you know like you start with the word um, car in German. German is auto, which comes from autokinito, yeah. and you know, like, and, and, and which means uh, <laughs> an object that moves automatically on its own, and the automatically. also the, the in English the yeah. automatic is comes from the Greek word on its own, moving Afto on its own mato. without someone driving it. I mean, yeah, this yeah. is at least what it means. Of yeah, course, yeah. the car is driven by someone, but yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, this this was word thing is. Totally true. This word, and I remember then like realizing that even the simplest word, like for example, center comes from kendro. Yeah, yeah, And yeah, all these things. And yeah, so um, very interesting. So I thought that um, we would go through certain points um, that are either, you know, very typically for the German side or for the Greek side, and then maybe talk about how we view them and then maybe also some stories. Um, okay. Attached to them. So the very first point is, um, I think one that we have many stories about, is my nice topic of punctuality. Oh my God, yes. Of course, <laughs> of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about how do you feel? Do you feel yeah. very German or very Greek? When so you're I punctual? definitely feel very German about punctuality. Yeah. I, I, I really, I am super triggered by people that are not punctual. Yeah. I really don't like it. I mean, because I think it's so unnecessary, you know. Okay, if you're not punctual because, like, actually, you know, you've Something missed happened. a train yeah. or there is, like, you know, tons of... Um, I don't know, there's a traffic jam, although even that, you know, if you're somewhere in a super crowded city, you expect there to be a traffic jam. Anyway, I'm just saying that, you know, I, it's it's fine if it's like a one-time thing because something happened. But like as a general rule, I don't feel that there is anything preventing you from just planning how much time you need to get from point A to point B and arriving at point B at the time that has been arranged, you know? <laughs> so, um, 
Yeah, definitely very German. Very German. And it's, it, it goes beyond punctuality because it's not just, you know, the fact that you are there at the time that you decided, but it's also the general, I would say, approach to planning mm-hmm. and like, you know, strategically planning out your day, deciding, you're going to do, uh, you're going to, you know, meet at the beach at this time, then you're mm-hmm. going to, you know, whatever, be together for a bit, then you're going to meet for dinner at this time. And I think that's a very German way of kind of planning stuff which I find I love it you know yeah. kind of you know that helps yeah, I mean, you I think that helps you get the most yeah. out of the day for someone who has never um, you know had any contact with that unpunctual side let's maybe give an example so for example if we now said to each other or to a German friend um, very stereotypical here okay let's meet up at two then you know we would see okay which train or you know bus or whatever you need to do or when do I need to start walking to be there at two, leave the house at, let's say, quarter to two. Exactly. Be there at two and then really make sure. And, you know, in Germany, I would say it's very common that if you see that you won't make it at two, but it's going to be five past two, you're going to send a little message. five minutes late. Sorry, I'll be five minutes late. So sorry. See you there. Okay. In Greece now, um, and I think us who come from the island and a village on the island, probably it's even more extreme than in the city. If you say we'll meet up at two, That doesn't mean anything, absolutely anything. No. It means that at two, the other person will maybe start considering... Putting on pants. Putting on (laughs) pants and maybe start considering the idea that you're going to meet up later in the day at some point. Exactly. And then maybe he's going to call you at half past two and say, hey, so... When shall we meet up? <laughs> like, I'm already here. I've been exactly. waiting for 30 minutes. And he's like, oh, how do I get there? You take two buses and then you'll be there. And it's like, oh, okay. And by the way, the interesting thing is that I've noticed it. Like, it's not just that, you know, that's the way they see it. But when someone asks me for like, you know, do you want to meet tomorrow at three? And I'm like, yeah, okay. I love it. The next day, they ask me again at two. Are we still on for three? Yeah, and I'm like, of course yeah. We are. I mean, we planned it, didn't we? And he's like, okay, let's do it. And like, I thought it was already arranged that we were yeah. going to do it, you yeah, know? Yeah. No, it's it's just a different mentality. They're not trying to be rude. And for us, it comes off as rude. Yeah. I mean, I think it's rude if someone doesn't show up to yeah. an appointment halfway on time. Yeah. But they're not trying yeah, to be yeah. rude. It's just, it's a different lifestyle. Exactly. It's super easy exactly. going. Time is not and, as and important. And I think that, that, that actually, if you are one of the people trying to push punctuality, you're considered kind of, you know, not, you know, like kind of uh, anxious. No, not not fun, but like, you know, like just, you know, chill, you know, like, you know, exactly, like, you know, it's like kind of, it's like, you know, we're going to get there. Mr. Nahoriese. The classic one. Oh my God, yeah, yeah. You know, I must say, I appreciate a punctual person. Me too. I appreciate it so much. What is for you the acceptable um, window of being late? I would say, okay, like I'm, I'm, I would say extra, I put I put a lot of emphasis on yeah. punctuality. It, if you are, no matter how unpunctual you are, you have to say it. Right. I would say, like, you know, if you're more than two, three minutes late, yeah. say it. I mean, it doesn't matter that you are, but write it, you right. know, because yeah. otherwise I'm starting to, like, doubt myself if I've gotten the time yeah. or the place yeah. wrong, you know? I feel like anything up to five minutes is okay. Five minutes, five minutes, of course, is, yeah. is, is okay. Like, but without I mean, writing. But after that, yeah. I also want to get a message. And for me, because I'm also quite extreme, I know that when I'm standing at the spot at the meeting spot and 
let's say it's 2 p.m. and it's 2 p.m., I start like getting anxious. I like look right and left. Like exactly. where's the person? Exactly. And yeah. if it's like yeah. one or two past two, I'm like, okay, they're gonna come. You know, exactly. Like, <laughs> have they forgotten like, these about are the it? Thoughts that are Absolutely. going through my head. Exactly. And also, by the way, when I am late, which happens very rarely, I get. I mean, first of all, I write every, like the moment I notice I'm gonna be late. I'm like, okay, so I don't know if I'm gonna be late. I might be three minutes late because I might miss this next connection or something. I'm gonna let you know. I might be three minutes or five minutes, but not more than ten minutes late. I'm so sorry. Like you know, I get so anxious like it's like things are starting to eat me alive yeah, from the it. inside I like totally get you it. get these like pins and needles feeling when yeah. I'm late you know yeah. I get such a bad feeling yeah okay so the next point that uh, I would like to talk about is the general point of like celebrating oh, yes partying dancing also maybe attached to it a little bit of a certain loudness yeah I would say alive yeah being a yeah yeah being alive because I mean Obviously, the Greeks are um, people that definitely celebrate yes. life. And partying and dancing, I feel like, is something that comes very natural mm -hmm. to the Greek people. And I love it so much that yes. you can just walk through a Greek street and it is the most normal thing mm -hmm. that someone will just be standing up and dancing a little bit mm -hmm. to Greek music or mm -hmm. to any music. It's not nothing uncommon. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Germany, to make that happen, oh, yeah. it oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. takes so much effort. I think that there are so many reasons why that is the way it is. And I also I mean, it's one of the fa my favorite things about the Greek culture. First of all, I think that celebrating isn't just a celebration like from the hedonistic approach, like mm -hmm. celebrating and going wild. But like the Greeks have a way of like celebrating reality. Like mm -hmm. also the songs that you hear aren't songs about, oh my God, and everything was amazing and then the wine was, you know, flowing. But it's all about, you know, it's actually all about heartbreak and hardship, but like celebration in spite of it or maybe almost because of it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And, and also like, you know, the dancers are often like, you know, are, are born out of more like despair yeah. like, in the history of the dance, and you know? And it's like sharing the despair. Exactly. For example, and the, the male dance, exactly. the Zebekiko, yeah. is actually the hurting male right. yeah, the hurting man because maybe uh, he's going through a difficult love phase mm -hmm. I mean usually it's that yeah. and then he dances and the other people kind of wallow in his sorrow yeah, yeah, yeah. with him and clap but for not him at all in a self-pitying way no it's no. always they attached celebrate. to this pride yeah, you know yeah. I mean it's not at all like you know sad it's, it's almost like you know keeping your dignity no matter what life throws at you yeah and that dignity comes from you know celebrating and both admitting your sorrow and transcending it because yeah. of it and I would say that That, you know, this kind of celebrating real human nature rather than just positive human nature is why it is so intrinsic to Greek culture. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I feel is that um, I would say that, you know, the Greek children kind of partake in the celebration mm -hmm. in the, or in the celebratory atmosphere very early on I mean unlike in, in Germany where I think like you know things like bedtimes are much stricter mm -hmm. and it's like no if my child doesn't go to bed at their usual time it's bad for them in Greece it's the other way around it's like no I'm going to take my child with me and they're going to sleep on the chair in my arm on my lap you know but as long as they can as long as their eyes stay open yeah. they're going to be with us and there is something really nice about it I mean I which guess which is also, also what happened with us by the way exactly our yeah, mom yeah, yeah. used to take us which and we, we used to love, we it. love it like yeah. to the village to the dances exactly and we would 
would like fall asleep at some point. Yeah. Or, or also not fall asleep. But yeah, and if you do, then you know, your parents carry you back home yeah. and just put you, tuck you into bed. And it's such a nice thing. You see, like, that's why these scenes. The dancing is not at all about perfection. Mm -hmm. It's not about looking good. It's not about doing it in a way that is specifically amazing. It's about expressing yourself. And that's why you'll see like literally a three-year-old dancing alongside, you know, a 75-year-old, alongside a 40-year-old, alongside a group of like youngsters, you know. You have, it's, it's just like this, the, 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 the aspect that we're celebrating transcends all barriers yeah. of age and, you know, kind of skill, you know? And I think people are not afraid to look bad. Not at all. You know, people are not afraid to not be perfect mm. because it, it is not about that. It's about sharing somehow. It's For me, it's a very sharing Absolutely. culture. Also, many dances are you hold each other's hands. Yes, or like and then shoulders. You, or and, shoulders, yeah. yeah. And you go in a circle and... Um, it, this is very different to me from the German approach where, you know, if someone will dance, it's either because he's a professional dancer and can, you know, yeah. somehow be perfect yeah. about it yeah, yeah, yeah. or better not at all. You know, just don't embarrass yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I, I think it's also, it's a, a huge shame, I think, also of our generation. Yeah. I would say that embarrassment and kind of self-consciousness yeah. has definitely increased in, in mm -hmm. like with our generation mm -hmm. if I, I think if I compare it for example to our parents generation yeah and I would say that I mean that of, of course also pertains general to like dancing culture in clubs and things like yeah. that you know no matter where you are in Greece or in Germany that's pretty similar you know that people are much you know more self-conscious and therefore you know dancing many times only works alongside you know a certain level of you know alcohol yeah, consumption yeah. and things which like that which is such a pity which yeah. is such a pity but I think that these cultural dances are often a gateway to get away from that. And you see it in Greece that the same boys and girls mm -hmm. that usually don't like to dance in clubs, you know, are usually just sitting in the corner watching it. When then it comes to like Greek dancing where it's like, you know, in a circle all together, suddenly totally get yeah. out, go out of their shell and dance because it's suddenly not about this, you yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. And it's amazing. Another yeah. amazing, you know, like yeah. uh, it's, it's such a beautiful thing yeah. to have, you know, th th this like approach to celebrating in Greece. Yeah. And the other thing which I already mentioned is this general, let's say, loudness. I mean, it's a very different volume. If you're mm -hmm. in a Greek restaurant where people kind of, you know, speak loudly, yell, just, you know, go yamas and everything. Or if you're in a German restaurant where it's like... yeah silence the tone of voice is like close to a whisper yeah <laughs> oh, i mean also the food the way we eat food you know in greece you order tons of things that everyone shares everything exactly in germany yeah. everyone orders their own dish and eats their own dish yeah. in a way yeah food was actually my next point okay. so it's great no it's great that we're talking about it because i think that in greece this whole like going out and eating or even just drinking coffee it's all about the shared experience. Mm -hmm. As you said, you have this, this tapas style, it's called mezedakia. Um, yeah. In the middle, everyone has a small plate. No matter how fancy the restaurant, mm -hmm. even in the fanciest restaurants, you have small plates if it's a Greek restaurant mm -hmm. and everyone shares. You never have this first course, second course, big yeah. plate yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in Germany, you know, it's like, don't touch my food. Yeah. I order this. Can I have half a pizza on my yeah. plate? And yeah, yeah, the yeah. other half on the other plate? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's so different. And also when the bill comes in Greece, it's common knowledge that everyone will kind of partake in the bill. It's in the middle. Let's say it's 100 euros. Everyone will put in, if it's 10 people, they're 10 euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. Yeah. In Germany, it's like, you know, yeah. let's divide it with the cents. Yes. And and another thing is, 
any restaurant worth its salt is going to give something on the house in the end. Oh, yeah. The dessert absolutely. is yeah. always on the house in the end. You know, you yeah. can obviously order or dessert. Some but there, drink or some drink. There is always yeah. something. Usually, many times, it's like a dessert, it's fruit, it's yogurt. It's like the specialty of the house, you know. Yeah. There will always be something on the house in the yeah. end, which in Germany is rare. You know, sometimes yeah, they'll, if they really like you, they'll bring out a shot And when it something. happens, it's like, oh, wow. Thank exactly. You in so Greece, much. like, yeah. it's, it's rude from, from the <laughs> restaurant you know side if they don't bring something for free in the yeah. end yeah and also you know in Greece there's I mean this is of course it then you know you, you you kind of think you follow down this path and you end up understanding why you know a country like Greece is more prone to financial crises than a country like Germany because in Greece you know if for example it costs I don't know, 103 euros and you don't have three euros on hand, they'll be like, fine, give me a hundred. You know, it's fine. Yeah, don't whatever. worry about it. Yeah. Maybe pass by again tomorrow exactly. or whatever. In Germany, you won't get out of that restaurant until you've paid the entire bill. You yeah, know? it's like, okay, <laughs> leave your ID here, go to the ATM, exactly. get the cash. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, th this vibe of kind of you know, being there for each other, being in this together yeah. is a very nice feeling in Greece. Also, I think that Greeks are more willing to put down money for a shared social experience like that. Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, let's say, the average Greek is happier to pay for food outside for a night out with their friend than the average German. Mm -hmm. Because it is something that is considered an important part, part of life. And also, you know, when the bill comes, it's a very common scene that the Greeks start fighting over who's going to pay it. And uh, no, I want to pay it. No, exactly. I want to pay it. Forget about it. I'm going to pay it. Yeah. No, you forget and about it. And then like once one person, you know, gets up and is like, no, no, I'm paying. Here, and waiter, then, like, waiter. <laughs> and then the other one's like holding him back. No, 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 let me. And in Germany, I mean, that is uh, not something that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and, and the other thing is, you know, you mentioned it as volume. Of course, there is a volume aspect to it, but it's like aliveness, temperament. You know, that's yeah. what I, I'd say. When I say, um, when people ask me, you're not German, right? Your, your energy is far too high yeah. energy for German. And well, no, I'm also half Greek. And, you know, it's this associate, associated with a like, temperament. Yeah. And it, the truth is that when Kivel and I talk sometimes in Greek, that people that are not Greek and that don't understand what we're saying sometimes wonder if we're having an argument. Yeah. But we're just simply like talking about fun stuff. And, yeah, 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 Like yeah. being loud and using yeah. our hands and... Gesticulating. I mean... Gesticulation is a lot. Yeah. yeah. For anyone that's watching the podcast, you can see how much we use our hands and our gestures. But this is, I think, part of that side. It's like you want to express yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to somehow... And, and this gets a bit louder. I think we're both... Yeah on the louder side of yes, things. absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not um, unhappy about yeah. it. No, I have to say, every time, like, you know, we land in Greece and, you know, we get to the, like, I feel, it's like, obviously, I mean, you know, you feel connected to it because yeah. we are yeah. half Greek, right? But like, you know, there is this, this feeling of, it's like, you know, these intangible factors of it, you know? And it's, I, I, it's really special. You yeah. know, I think Greece really just is an incredibly special country for so many reasons. But like th this part of the culture, the culture that pertains to, you know, having kind of um, perfected the imperfection of social encounters mm -hmm. is really special. And I think that most people that see that, you know, we've had tons of very special moments with people that through the festival that we have invited to Greece and they've kind of experienced a typical Greek evening. And, you know, it's just the the perfect experience that creates people like a comfortable feeling for yeah. people to be themselves and yeah. kind of get out of their shell, but within their comfort zone, you know, yeah. because that's what it's about. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, as you said, during the festival, we have, I think, so many encounters with, yeah. you know, Greek-German mentalities that also clash very often. Of course, you know. So um, the next point I want to mention mm -hmm. is it's clash. hard to find, you know, a word for it, but I put it under the category professionalism. I think you know what I mean by that, but it's it's hard to explain it. Yeah. Um, I mean, do you want to start talking sure. about it, maybe? I mean, sometimes I, I think that when we approach this topic, especially on the level of the festival, that maybe we're a bit unfair towards the fact that we don't really, you know, because we never grew up with the Greek way of working on things, yeah. that we're maybe kind of very partial to the German yeah. way and consider that to be the better way. Mm -hmm. Now, I would say the reason why is because I would say Germany, definitely a German quality is a type of reliability um, that I think is also based on, on lack of trust, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but that when you, you know, organize something as big as a music festival is kind of the better way to go. I'm thinking, for example, very uh, specifically things like in Germany, everything that is decided, you know, like every deal that is made is put into some kind of contract mm -hmm. that two people sign and then, you know, you're beholden to that contract. Yeah. No one can be like, no, I'm not going to do writing. that. And, and, you know, there is, I would say, the kind of underlying threat of um, legal consequences yeah. right. if that contract is not uh, adhered to. Now, in Greece, many decisions, especially the smaller decisions, are not done with the contract, but are kind of done with the, you know, with the kind of trust and goodwill towards the other person. So if you decide something like we're going to do the festival in the castle or something like that, or, you know, sometimes these things don't really have contracts. It's just like, okay, it's kind of the, the like your, your word is your contract, you know, and, and therefore also the word is very I would say carries a lot of weight. If someone mm -hmm. says yes, that carries a lot of weight and kind of, you know, I would say that what you bargain with in Greece is your reputation. Mm -hmm. And in Germany, what you bargain with is just the deal on the table, yeah. you know? So it, it's a very different approach to organizing something. And I would say it's prone to more like small crises in the moment, you know? Yeah, to me also this whole professionalism aspect has... One big section which I find very hard to deal with, which is that I find that people often um, take things personally or yeah. act on a whim So in Greece. So, for example, if for some reason you're feeling offended because someone said something... It is not uncommon to say, okay, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just going to stop now. No, I don't feel like it, you know? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Just deal with it. And something that I feel like in Germany is not even an option. Mm. No one's going to say deal with it. You're going to just swallow your pride yeah. and just do it. But also because, and one has to also put that again into, into perspective, is because Germany stuff is much better funded. Yeah. So many of the things you do, you do them also out of like a professional, this is my job. Yeah. And in Greece, because the, everything is underpaid in Greece. I mean, yeah. every job, most of it is done, so much is done on a voluntary basis. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you feel like I'm doing it just for me, you know? And the things that are not done on a voluntary basis are usually done on an underpaid basis. I, I also so, feel that people might be also a bit more you know, passionate about what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when they're doing it, they're absolutely loving it. And if something doesn't go their way, then they feel so betrayed emotionally yeah, 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 that they yeah, somehow yeah, yeah. cannot carry on. Yeah. Whereas in Germany, there is an emotional distance, yeah. you know, from this exactly. whole job. And you just like, okay, I'm doing it because I'm doing it. And yeah. 
I think it has a pro and a con. I mean, I, I love that you can, you know, have reliable yeah. uh, co-workers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, of course, it's amazing if someone is doing it with yeah. so much passion. And I mean, I, 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 this is not the first time I've told this story. I mean, you obviously know it. But I'll never forget, you know, in terms of this organizing things last minute or through word of mouth or, you know, through kind of relying on a person's desire to do something for you in Greece rather than Germany. I remember this one situation where in one of the festivals we had organized this one kind of little musical moment in a place of the village that had tons of cars um, driving by and it was very loud and generally speaking it was very like uh, I would say visually extremely pleasing because you had like the backdrop of the entire in the, uh, the backdrop of the entire village but it wasn't very practical in mm -hmm. terms of the like surrounding situation so we arrived there and went like 10 minutes for the musical moment to start and we were like really worried this is going to really you know get lost in the whole sound of the cars and then one team member who had kind of the number of the police chief i suppose of of the village on hand just called the police and said okay hang on we have to do this musical moment can you create a barrier for the cars in 10 minutes so the cars are kind of all diverted to drive a different way for like 20 minutes and then open it up again and the police chief was like of course and he was there five minutes later you know on his coffee he went from the neighboring cafe where he was drinking a <laughs> coffee went put on like a makeshift barrier kind of said hey everyone you know we're doing it another way for the next 10 minutes the cars were diverted you know all the shops kind of for 10 minutes stopped playing their music music and there was this beautiful little moment and then afterwards you know kind of life went on as usual and if I think of the same thing in, in Germany yeah it's unthinkable you know you would call the police and they'd be like <laughs> okay first you have to fill out three contracts where is your permit exactly like yeah. the next available like consultation consultation is in three weeks yeah. then maybe we can think about yeah. this you know like so yeah, this so is the, the flip side yeah things get easier yeah because it's not so bureaucratic but of course things can also get harder yeah there, there are yeah. two sides to it Yeah, so we kind of touched on this before, but I wanted to also talk about the whole subject of music. Mm. You know, the, the folk music, which is so different in both countries. Also, do you feel connected to both or more to one of the two? I have to say, I don't really feel connected to German folk music. Mm -hmm. And actually, I had a very interesting conversation with our teacher about this. because And, and, and I didn't really follow up on it. And I didn't check if that was true, but it seemed kind of very possible and very you know like that was true is the fact that he said because of the second world war and kind of this um you know lasting stain of the third reich because of that um german folk music was from that point onwards never allowed to be about like actual german patriotism or about actually like deep cultural appreciation or connection to the german culture and therefore was transformed to just be about like literally very inconsequential you know not important not deep going topics like you know mm -hmm. would be about like carnival songs and, and I don't know like things like you know and then we danced around the tree tra la 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 you know like yeah, something yeah. like that and and it was never really about the more deeper going human emotions and that, that's why you know for example also German folk music is almost exclusively everything is in major everything is kind of like in a, in a two-fourth or three-fourth very uh, simple measure beats. very yeah. simple you know and and that's different with Greek Greek music Greek folk music is so deep so diverse and also so complicated you know like it's not simple it's at all. also very different um according to where you are every island kind of has its own mm. direction it's very rich therefore yeah, yeah it's very rich um 
I mean, just to comment on what you said about the German folk music, there are, of course, older folk songs. I mean, before the World Wars, mm. like, uh, you know, Komm lieber Mai und Mache, or right. um, Das Wandern ist des Müllers Lust, right. you know, yeah, things yeah, like old, that. But I feel that that almost is like, you know, then poetry rather than... Yeah. And it's not really, you know, it's not as prevalent. Like, when you grow up in Germany, you don't hear these songs at yeah. home. Yeah. In Greece, everyone knows these songs. Yeah. You hear them in the cafes, you hear them at home. It's not as spread, you know. I think that that is all. But yeah, it's very difficult to say. I think yeah. Germany has a very uh, ambivalent and tricky relationship to German pride. And yeah. I would say, like, one of the main sources of pride for any culture is, you know, their music in a way. Yeah. And I would say, if anything, German takes pride off of, like, its very rich history of, like, classical music, you know, and, like, very, mm. very high quality classical music. That's where maybe, like, the German pride in a way yeah you know or also football used to well yeah 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 Yeah, but for some reason I also feel so much more connected to the Greek music I mean we both when we hear a Greek song we immediately feel it in our bodies and we want to dance and sing along and express ourselves to it I feel like it awakens a very specific thing yeah in us And again, I can only boil it down to this fact of authenticity, you know, yeah. that it doesn't celebrate something that could be, it, celebrate what, it celebrates what is. Yeah, and it doesn't, exactly, it doesn't celebrate these perfections. It's not about, yeah, that one night, you know, yeah. where we like, kind of like pop music or, yeah, 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 yeah. but it, it celebrates all the imperfections, you know, heartbreak, uh, exactly. sadness, uh, frustration, yeah, suffering, nostalgia, <clears throat> um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really, and also the other thing, and I think that is true for a lot of like uh, cultural and and uh, I don't know if, if that would be the right word but like indigenous music I also want to say yeah. that it is incredibly complicated I was going to say yeah, the rhythms yeah, are the rhythms, very complicated yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and it's so interesting because many times the same people that for example in Greece struggle to like just clap on the off beats of like <laughs> a simple you know four fourths beat that like you know can't get that going then have no problem like perfectly um, dancing to like a seven eighth beat or yeah. like a nine eighth beat and getting this perfectly and everything five eighths stuff like that so it's really like you know it's really very deeply um, rooted in Greek culture, yeah. their music, like our music. Yeah. And it's, and it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, so the next point that I wanted to talk about a little bit is hospitality. Mm. Hospitality as a concept. Um, I mean, obviously it's known that generally I would say in Southern Europe, but especially in Greece, hospitality plays a huge role. Mm-hmm. The guest is the guest of the house mm-hmm. is the king is the most valuable mm-hmm person that can be there um but yeah maybe tell tell me your yeah. perspective i mean i first. think that there are much uh, many more rituals around hospitality in greece yeah i'm thinking about things like whenever you go to someone's house this person has to have prepared something to give you even if you're just there for five minutes in these five minutes it's rude for you to leave and rude for them to send you off before they've given you like a bit of like a, a small something sweet, sweet yeah a coffee you know like things like that and From on the flip side, if you go to someone's house, you need to bring something with you. Once again, a little sweet, a drink, something, you know, like yeah. it's very much based on this like giving situation. Mm-hmm. In Germany, I, I mean, obviously it's appreciated. I mean, it's not like no one does it, mm-hmm. but it's not at all expected. It's not considered rude if you don't do it, definitely. What I find is a huge difference is that in Germany, 
your own possessions are worth so much more, I find, than in Greece. In Germany, it's very much mine, yours. Mm -hmm. In Greece, I find that these lines get very blurry. Mm -hmm. You know, you can use my car, you can do that, you can eat. Like, even if I'm, like, literally, you know, families in the village that literally have zero, you know, they're basically hungry, you know, yeah. they're, they're, sorry, they're, they're really, like, <clears throat> having problems themselves. Yeah. If a guest comes... Take everything. Take our yeah. best food. Take yes. the biggest piece of meat. That's you know, true. Whatever it is. Absolutely. Like I they take pride from being able exactly. to share that with you. That yeah. is not only considered the right thing to do, but this is what makes people happy yeah. to give. And I find that such an interesting concept because growing up in Germany, of course, I also have a lot of the other mentality inside yes. of me, you know, yeah. that it makes me happy to acquire a lot of things for myself. And yeah. I'm proud to show people, look what I managed to, you know, yeah. get through hard work. I don't know, yeah. uh, let's say a nice house or yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a nice car or, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And in Greece, it's like, look what I can offer you. You know, nobody cares about what you have. Like, even if your house is small, it's, that's not important. When you when the guest comes, the important thing is how much food are you going to offer on the table? Mm. That is your standing And of course, society. within that, also like these far more, I would say, traditional, a bit old school things of, you know, like the woman or just let's just say someone. But let's face it, it's usually the woman cooks like, you know, a huge meal for exactly. the guests. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that, and you kind of like, you also take pride in the fact that you are a good cook and things like that, yeah. you know? And nobody cares about how you eat when nobody's there. Like, this yeah. is not important. What's important yeah. is what you give the guests. Exactly, and exactly. It's yeah, such yeah. a sharing culture in everything, in going out, in the music, in the dancing, in the hospitality. Yeah. However, what I would like to say, because I feel like, at least in my lived experience, it goes against the cliché, which is usually the cliché is saying that, you know, Germans are so distant towards each other and, you know, so much more, I don't know, cold-hearted and, and Greeks mm -hmm. are, like, so welcoming and hospitable and everything. And that is all, you know, the hospitable part is true. But what I find is not necessarily true is that Greeks are much more open to Germans when it comes to actual vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I feel that Germans, or, like, these many times these cultures that are, you know... Uh, are, are people are told are you know distant and like more egoistic or things like that and I think Germany is definitely considered one such culture yeah I found that in Germany you get to a point of like you know vulnerable real um conversations much quicker like yes in the beginning you know you keep it very distant and you keep it very yeah. small talky I you understand know, but, what you mean but yeah. very quickly you know if you once find you know the right conversation the right kind of icebreaker yeah you can get to a truly you know personal vulnerable conversation very quickly i feel in greece it's almost you know it, it, it's almost disregard it's almost bad manners to try to target a more vulnerable conversation yeah. with someone very quickly you know this is something you know you it's everything it's like, like all the, the yeah all yeah. the symbols all like the generosity in terms of hospitality are a given and are there yeah but when it comes to actually you know sharing vulnerability that goal comes much later in greece if i compare That's it to true. germany because i think that in greece you keep the the real stuff in the very close exactly in the circle. family kind in of, the family you know? also you know the family plays such a huge yeah. role. Yeah. This is where you share the problems and then yeah. to go and, you know, you know, talk about, not secret, but let's say private yeah. stuff of the family yeah. somewhere else is... Yeah, which I mean, I would say that the, the philosophy of raising children in Greece versus the philosophy of yeah. raising children in German, I mean, for me personally, I would 
say that the philosophy in Germany is more conducive to being a successful, self-functioning Because you just adult. let them be more independent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it is much, the German. The German philosophy of raising child uh, children is very much based on how much responsibility can I give the child as early as, as possible. Early as possible yeah. And also, like you know, the this this process of okay, and now you're an adult. I'm gonna let you go, move out of the house, spread your wings, kind of, you know, is very much encouraged. Yeah. And I would say in Greece, the opposite. It's is the opposite. The the houses are designed in a way that the kid. Stays can, in the house. Can stay in the house. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, and then usually it's the wedding gift. Exactly. To the kids exactly. that they get their own But house what, or apartment. What that means is that most, especially, I, I mean, I see this especially in boys, but, you know, also girls, but most boys will live with their mother and their father up until the moment that they live with their wife. Mm-hmm. And that does or not... Or husband. M- Or, or husband, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I was I was trying to like make this whole like first the mother kind of washes the clothes and makes the yeah, food, yeah. and then the wife washes the clothes and makes the food, you know. Yeah. So and 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 also, you know, you you the, and, and it is a combination of reasons. First of all, it's a financial reason. Like many people that I talk to, because I mean, these are the people that are our age, you know. Yeah. And there is a financial component to like you know it's much more expensive to you know have to pay for your own rent, your own stuff, and. And rather than just sharing it with the yeah. family. But it's also a cultural reason. It's also this, yeah, I can take care of my mother, you know, like, yeah. you know. And we, exactly, I think this is important that what you're saying, take yeah. care of my mother, because in Greece, it's also absolutely clear that the kids will take care of their parents when they're old and need help. The kids will move back in the house if they're exactly. not there already. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And take care of or them. The, or the parent will move into the... Exactly. But, but, by the way, the fact, the parent moving to their house, I find that much more understandable you know from a certain point yeah. rather than the other way the kids moving back you know but yeah. but, but, but in germany it's very common practice that you put the parent in a, a how do you say a nurse nursing old. home nursing yeah. home right yeah. yeah in a nursing home um old people's home and it, and it's not a mean thing like many no. old people in germany don't want to be yeah. kind of a burden to their yeah. families it's and just a different them, like for example yeah. our German grandmother she lived the last years of her life in a nursing home and it was totally her decision she just you know she wanted and also because you know she felt like you know within her nursing home she has her friends that are the same age and she yeah. can do cool projects together and stuff so I think Germany uh, and played for our great grandparents it would be like a, unimaginable it would, yeah, yeah, I mean it would our be mother such an offensive yeah, thing yeah I mean our do. mother for both her parents when they yeah, were sick she flew back and took care of them up until the end Yeah. And I would say generally you can reduce it to kind of I think Germany stresses the paramount response like you are responsible for yourself, you know, and and like kind of you're responsible for your successes but also for your failures. Mm. And Greece kind of in Greece it's more like you're responsible for your family. Yeah. And you know and and for the collective. The collective also. in yeah. a way. Yeah. And I mean I think that for a a generally happy fulfilled life It's much more, I would say, uh, efficient and helpful, and in the end, also helpful for your family mm. if you lay the highest responsibility on yourself. Yeah. Because you have, because then yes, you take responsibility for your successes, but you also take responsibilities for your failures. Yeah. And if you're set up in your life in a way where you're the most successful version of yourself, which definitely needs to include things like moving out at a certain point, mm-hmm. standing on your own two feet, then you're actually in a point where you truly can help out your family and maybe also elevate your family from a you know a 
point. It's true. It's true. But I do think that there is also something very special to this, you know, innate feeling of, of course, I'm going to help my parents when they're old. And, you know, of course, yeah. I'm going to be there for them. And this, you know, it's kind of an unconditional love, no matter what. Of course, mm. I'm totally with you. You know, I'm mm. a huge fan of uh, responsibility. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Yeah, I think that, you know, the the other thing also has its valid yeah. existence. And I think that what what you're, maybe we are in this privileged position as many people that, you know, share cultures yeah. that are mixed cultures that we can maybe, you know, take the best of both worlds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I definitely don't want to not take care of our parents when they're yeah. old, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, at the same time, I think, you know, this self-responsibility is super important. For sure, yeah. And then you can take the generosities of, you know, the Greek yeah. culture into account as well. Yeah. But I, yeah. definitely, I would say, like, for raising children, mm -hmm. the, you know, giving responsibility earlier, Not encouraging, like them. encouraging self-reliance rather yeah. than trying to control them as much as possible yeah. is much more supportive of the child, yeah. no matter what direction Maybe they want to go Maybe little fact before we move on to the last point, because of you said raising children... I think a classic difference between Greek and German mothers, I would say, although not only mothers, but parents, because we also had this example with a father once, yeah. is the amount of times you talk on the phone oh my God, with yes. your child oh. when they have already moved out. So we're talking like oh, post yeah. 18 years old, post school times, yes. they are a totally self-functioning adult in their own apartment. With, and sometimes with their own children. Sometimes even with I, their own children, yeah. yeah. And it is completely normal for a Greek parent to call their kid every couple of hours. Like multiple times a day. And multiple not, times a day, not just twice, not, but not like yeah. four or five times. Every time a, I would say, major event, I mean, what's a major event? Every time something happens, like after lunch, uh, after work, after breakfast... If something happened anyway, immediate call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just a constant contact. Yeah, and, and, and the, 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 the ridiculous part is that if, I don't know, like they're, after the morning call, there's been no call, and then the evening, you kind of like, is everything okay? What, what happened yeah, today? What Why happened? did you call me we six times? We didn't talk in the last four hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's rare. Exactly. And in Germany, I mean, you, you call when there is something out of the ordinary Yeah, and in Germany, it's say. almost the other extreme. Yeah. Like, Like German parents can go weeks and sometimes even months, like without months calling. Months is pushing it a bit. Well, it depends on the parents, okay. but yeah. it is not unheard of yeah. at all. I mean, in Greece, if you didn't talk to your kid no, for, for a month, it would mean like the family is in, <laughs> broken <you> know, up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And in Germany, yeah. if you don't talk to your parent for a month, it's not like oh wow, what's this? It can happen. Yeah, like and you're super busy or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or like yeah, but I mean, um, a month is pushing. But I would say like you know, definitely a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're gonna yeah. check in after a couple of weeks to be yeah. like, hey, you know. I'm good or and maybe as, but as you know you you're say, not going to be if something bad happens you're going to yeah. call you know and, or if something really good or happens, something really you know, good happens yeah. or many times the contact will not be like are you okay is everything okay but it'll be like you know look what an interesting article you know yeah would, right because like our, uh, the main contact between our father and us if we're okay I mean now that we live in the same city we seem of course a lot more but would be like you know he would send us um, articles that he would recommend for us you know, that are kind of interesting to us or maybe book recommendations or yeah. things like that you know it wouldn't be like are you okay is everything okay did you brush your teeth this morning you know <laughs> so that is definitely very different it's very different Yeah. Yeah. So the last point we kind of already touched on when we were talking about other things was patriotism, mm -hmm. which I think is a big point, which I mean, you already mentioned a lot, but I think it's interesting to just put it as a separate point because, um, I mean, as you said, since World War II, it is almost um, 
a bad thing for mm-hmm. a German to be patriotic mm-hmm. and for a Greek person to be patriotic is so natural. Such, yeah, so natural. It's like self-evident. Every Greek person mm-hmm. is patriotic. And for us who are both, and I think that we both um, like have things that we love about each culture. Yes. I mean, I'm very happy that I grew up in Germany. Yeah. I'm very grateful for this yeah. country and I'm proud of the things it has yes. to offer. Yes, yes. For, for me as a musician, you know, for the classical music yeah, yeah, scene, yeah. it's incredible. How it elevates people out of poverty. Exactly. I mean, every there's so many great things about this country, but still I feel more patriotic mm. about being mm-hmm. Greek. And I think this is part of the culture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just, you know, if you, in sports, if you see a yeah, 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 football yeah. game, the German players, they don't really sing the anthem or they mm. like kind of halfway, whatever. In Greece, if you hear the anthem, I mean, people are belting it out. Yeah. People are feeling it in their core. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I mean, I've changed my perspective on it multiple times and yeah. I, I don't think it's a very easy thing to say because it is such a contentious topic in Germany I mean in Germany in school it's very normal to at some point I don't know around 10th or 11th grade have to write an essay on the question are you responsible do you share responsibility for the second world war right like, for the yeah. holocaust you know my and essay was titled um are you allowed to be... No, is it okay to be proud to be German? This was our... Oh, no, for me, question. it was really just straight up. Yeah. Like, um, what is your... Like, what part did you play in it, basically? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah. Like, t- this type of question. And, and I think, first of all, I think that it is important and really, really good that Germany teaches such an honest and hugely self-aware version of history. I yeah. think that many countries could absolutely use a dose of that. Like, I specifically think of countries like the UK or America, you know, that, you know, could use a more sober version of history where you glorify the successes and you totally, I would say, acknowledge the, not just failures, but acknowledge the bad the horrific. history, the horrific <laughs> yeah, history. Things, yeah. And um, in Germany, I would say, you know, it's very much, you know, you don't glorify the successes. You only talk about the horrific, you know, you yeah. obviously, you learn about the history yeah. before, but, you know, it's very, I mean, the, you, 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 you talk about the Third Reich from first grade to last. I mean, maybe not first grade, but like literally yeah. third or fourth, fourth grade, yeah. grade. And, you know, it starts out. And it comes up in every subject. In every subject. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, in history, obviously it comes up. In politics, in every language, you talk about it. In yeah. geography, you talk about it. You talk about it in everything. And maybe just not in math. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you basically yeah. talk about it in everything. Exactly. And that I, I find... I support that a lot. Yeah. I don't think at all that it should be, you know, put this emphasis or anything. I mean, I think you should talk about, you should be super aware. What I, what I find, I would say, also dangerous for potential consequences is the that what follows is, therefore, you shouldn't be proud to be German. Yeah. Which is which is what follows, you know? Yeah. What, what, what is absolutely, like, there is, I would say, there is a certain skepticism with with which people view yeah. German patriotism. And I think it's also true because many people alive today were alive during the Second World War, children during the Second World War, and those were the people whose children are kind of our parents. And um, that means that our parents in particular, therefore then, you know, grew up with this almost, you know, rebellion against that and this kind of, you know, uh, 
very big anti-patriotism movement. And at this point, I think that that has led to now this, again, third counter-rebellion towards, no, you have to be proud to be German, mm. you know? And, and I think that what needs, like, what we should take away from this chapter of history is not that much a German lesson, but a human lesson. It's not Germany, you know, it's not, the, it's not something intrinsic to German culture that made those horrific events possible. It's something in human nature that made those horrific events possible. And therefore, I think it should be, the perspective with which it should be taught is beware of that side of you that could have very easily, you know, with some wrong circumstances have ended, have ended up being an Auschwitz guard. That side of you exists. You might wish it doesn't exist. You can't imagine it existing, but that side of you exists. Beware of that side of you and make sure that when you make your decisions in life, you don't choose to listen to the parts of you that could become that. That's what one should yeah. take away from it. Not that you shouldn't be proud of being German. Yeah, because the thing is that since it's being instilled in us, as you said, this, you know, be careful, don't be too proud to be German. I think that that side can even easier, you know, come mm -hmm. out even easier because it's being suppressed so much. So for someone that somehow maybe is also naturally a little more inclined mm -hmm. to go there he will feel so suppressed that it's yeah. just going to explode. Yeah. And also it. from an international perspective, the amount of times I've heard people that are not German say things like, yeah, the Germans, of course, in Germany. Mm. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, I'm super... I take responsibility, responsibility. I acknowledge that there are that are aspects in German culture, you know, of obedience yeah. and you know, listening to author respecting authority that are maybe more conducive towards you know this type of authoritarian regime. I acknowledge that, but I also, you know, also from a historical perspective, this could have happened in many places in the 1930s. Yeah. You know? maybe not in every single place, but no, in and, many. and yeah. it can happen in any single place with the wrong circumstances. Yeah. So I, what I always find myself thinking is don't be so naive as to think that this is a German problem. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a, and, and we are kind of taught that it is a German yeah, problem. And true. I'm fine with it, you know, as long as we are, you know, kind of extra aware of it, but especially with the trends towards the extremes mm. that are going on in the world right now, the extremes in both directions, I keep thinking to myself is I wish more people were taught this more sober perspective of history yeah. with the emphasis of you are not immune to this type of development. No country, no culture, no place, no time in history is immune to such a development. Mm. And when we consider ourselves, ourselves immune to it, that's when shit hit, hits the fan, you yeah. know? And I think that is what's positive about the fact that we're taught a lot about it. But, you know, we should be taught about it with pulling the right consequences from it. And in my mm. opinion, that's the right consequence to pull from it. Yeah, and I think, for example, a country like Greece you know, celebrating its patriotism the way it does is an amazing example because it is nothing to do with, you know, being against somebody mm. else, but it is just celebrating the amazing things, celebrating its history, which of course it has a lot of, yeah. celebrating its music, celebrating its people, and, you know, just in the end, celebrating life. Exactly. And I think that it is not um, a coincidence that when people travel to Greece, they're like, oh yeah, those Greek parties, yeah. those Greek yeah, people, yeah, 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 yeah. because they suddenly feel it too. I yeah. feel like when you're in, as a tourist in Greece, you suddenly become yeah. patriotic yeah. about Greece yeah, yeah. because somehow mm. it's, this, it's this feeling that yeah. catches on. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, I think this is the end of our episode. <laughs> Now we just um, have the last segment, which is where we tell stories about each other. Yes, um, I have one story. Okay, you want to go first. Okay, so. so my story is actually like, you know, going to this more like, you know, Greek dancing situation of um, a story between the two of us when we were extremely little. I think I was three years old and you were seven years old. And there was this one, one like Latin band that was performing at the castle <laughs> of Molivos, of, of the village where we we're from. And You remember it, I think, more clearly than I do because you were four years older. But the way I remember is that one way or another, I think by our parents or something, we were encouraged. The band had said, everyone who wants to dance, come on stage and dance. And no one was kind of like daring to go on stage. And I remember, I think our parents were like, come on, go, go. And that we then ended up going on stage the two of us and there was like a small even video of yeah. that. Um, and like kind of dancing I think like ballet movements <laughs> and, and kind of and like kind of you know like doing that little moment and I remember I, I I remember it kind of you know hazily how much I loved it and I thought it was so cool and that's definitely like you know the Greek side in us that came yeah. out in that story. For sure. <laughs> I have a, a similar story, only much later in time. Okay. Um, we were at a birthday party. It was here in Berlin, actually. Yeah. And it was a birthday party where, let's say, the atmosphere was not exactly pumping. It was, um, everyone was sitting. It was like kind of chill. Um, a lot of Germans were present. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was kind of boring. And the person that invited us knew us very well and knew the Greek partying side of us and actually said to us, um, do you want to like get this going? Yeah. And we definitely got, got this, this going. going. <laughs> we started with the Greek music. We started with the Greek dancing. And that's the beauty of it because the Greek dances are not hard. They're mm -hmm. very simple. Everyone can do them. So we started teaching everyone. And in the end, it was so beautiful. Yeah. Everyone joined in and were, was dancing these Greek dances. We were mm -hmm. holding hands, dancing together. We were doing the solo dances. Everyone was trying them. Yeah. It was amazing. It was such a great memory. And at the end of that party, people came up to us when we were leaving and said, oh my god what you did there was yeah. incredible yeah. thank you for this and it is not because we did something well it's yeah. just yeah. that's yeah. the yeah. thing yeah. the great yeah. way of celebrating is Absolutely. what was incredible and yeah. it was such a nice memory yes. for me and it really showed me once again the power of the great way of celebrating life yeah. is so so big exactly all yeah. right so, so this, this concludes our episode and the next episode i think is going to be like a huge U-turn from everything we've <laughs> talked about to something, actually a, a conversation that we often have. And I think it's an interesting conversation to have both for our generation, but especially for the generation to come, like your kids and stuff. And it is about the porn industry. Yeah, so it's ups and downs and um, also maybe our shifting perspective, or at least my shifting mm -hmm. perspective throughout the years. And I think, I think it's something that is not talked about a lot from, I would say, the perspective of people that are completely, obviously not, like, it's maybe the people that are involved in the industry right. talk about yeah, it yeah. a bit, but you know. Of but of course, we have no... Uh, <laughs> we have no involvement. No ties to it whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, just things that we see and that we see in people. So, anyway, stay tuned for that episode. Exactly. Um, so, see you next week. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. You're listening to The Sister Trill 
Bis dann und Kibeli.